So, you probably thought things couldn't get any worse, but no, 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 it's not that sort of a podcast, it's not for listening to, no discretion to be used, so, hmm, I've been paralysed the last eight months, like I finally thought, oh, for 30 years I've been exhausted and unable to move, but I've gone and bloody well got out and climbed mountains and done PhDs and stuff, so... I'll just follow my body. So I decided that and just lay down for eight months. I still want to be lying down. But obligations and all, <laughs> like I really have not done. This year's disappeared. Actually, about the last five years have disappeared. Which is scary, you know. It's just barreling towards the inevitable death and... Organ donation, yeah, I was thinking, organ donation, then brain for study, and then the body to the body farm uh, that they they set up in Sydney. I don't know. It feels like six months ago when I first read about it, but it's probably like five years ago. Anyhow, that's all good. Um, low expectations, as always. Um there's always that ad on California dreaming you know oh uh, do you think making a podcast is is as easy as uh, speaking into your phone and then posting it well yes it is actually that that's how easy it is it's free you gabble on and you post it perfect you do any more than that, you might get listeners and then there's obligation and feeling bad about how shit stuff is. So, Anyhow, my guest today is wonderful. I just, um, I kind of forgot to let her speak very much uh, because I had to like drag myself into extrovert mode and kind of hype up to gabble on because that's not my normal state. My normal state is sitting in stony silence. So I did that, had a quick listen back to it, chunk through it a bit, triple speed. Yeah, she doesn't say a lot, but what she does say is pretty interesting. She's very engaging. Um, look, I should edit this because there is, like I just thought to be edgy, I'd put in a bit of casual racism. I mean, I learnt a new word that day, or more like a new acronym, ABC, so I tried to use it. <laughs> yeah, very awkward, not cool. Oh, God, if I didn't think I'd be dead within, you know, three years, I'd, I'd edit. I would wait till next year, break my promises, three episodes, edit it out, pretend it never happened, but, uh, hmm. yeah... It's not happening though, so I forget where, like it takes a while, it's slow to start, oh, and I'm making it even slower to start, it's slow to start, can't remember, I've got a new plug-in thing for my phone, Saramonic or something, I think it worked really well, I mean it picked up all the, sorry, just <laughs> breathe my snot in, uh, picked up all the, um, you know, Bodies being chainsawed apart while we sat in the cafe, so that's good. Um, yeah, oh yeah, there was the thing about uh, 
which Hazel had done a kind of random drumming thing uh, in my patio area. That's not a euphemism. Oh, my God, that sounds so weird. Uh, plus, oh, sorry. Oh, God. If only I could pause, delete, restart, but that's not happening either. So, yep, so I can't find that recording. I think it's probably on my old old phone, which for the last seven years I've been meaning to download any recordings from. Can't be seven years. Okay, but so oh, she's got a YouTube channel. I might pop on there and just play something from that at the end. Probably really piss her off, embarrass her, because, you know, young people are sensitive. They haven't given up on self-respect, so they don't like these random things from the past. But mm, if we can keep the listeners down to three... Oh, my God, that reminds me. I've got to delete that bit of horrible racism, but I can't do it. Can you just imagine... Just imagine that bit gone, yep, and uh, imagine the proper soundtrack attached at the end. Okay, I think... Oh, my God, I've spoken for five minutes. I would never listen to... This is like my nightmare of a podcast. Like, I like things that are clean, well-produced, like all the writing's done. Just get one person to read it in a... slightly modulated monotone that's probably a contradiction isn't it but yeah like a uh, nothing too emotive or anything just keep down the joy and comedy and just you know just present the bleakness in a sensible and logical manner yeah this this is not something that would I mean it's shockingly bad which is quite challenging for my perfectionistic nature. No, I didn't know I was a perfectionist, but I've been reading about how I'm a perfectionist. And now when I think about it, oh my God, yeah, that's why I made such a freaking good scientist. You know, did the tidiest Western blots in Eastern history or whatever. Um, so I've let go of that and any other self-respect I had. So that's all good. That's, I'm working towards that. Um, that's all. This is just a little chat about, well, I shouldn't mention it up front. Yeah, I won't mention it up front. It's, um, deeply dark and personal. Okay, that's all. Uh, trying to get my three episodes done this year. Just got off the couch like three days ago, still struggling, so... Yeah, I'll do another one before the new year. I'll just see if I can post this now. Oh, my God, I've just waffled on for another two minutes. Oh, my God, that is like radio death. Okay. I think I, said, <laughs> I think last time I did this, I kind of awkwardly signed off by saying I love you all. Creepy. What? Okay, dudes. Yep. Have a good, uh, have a good New Year's Eve. Uh, see you before then anyhow. Bye. With a little Sarasomic or something smart mixer. Woohoo! We got lines. That's exciting. And that's making...
movement and that's make a move we've got to let's just check it is on that yep. says on that says monitor record not play well, why don't we record something and play it and see if it works oh because it's so difficult we've already put this thing together all two pieces of it so something says volume is that recording volume i'm going to turn it up to three quarters just in case okay. we need some volume yep Okay, this is Maud, and I'm here in Smoky Lithgow. Can't even see Scotsman's Hill today. With Are um, you sure you don't want to check it's recording? Not really. They'll get what they're given. Okay. And suck it up. Uh, so, God, this is so boring working these things out. But we've, I think we're all good. So, yeah, basically New South Wales. Sydney, Sydney surrounds are on fire. So we did go fire hunting last night, didn't we? Yeah. How did we do? Uh, pathetically. Well, we saw a faint red glow in the distance. Yeah, like we saw enough that you can go back and tell your Sydney friends that you saw a bushfire. No, I can't. You can no, tell can your tell English friends you saw a no, bushfire. No, I can tell my Sydney Sydney friends, like Sydney side of friends who have okay. like left Sydney twice maybe the ABCs who haven't been out to see a fire that's not racist to say ABC I thought you said that was okay yeah it's okay to say ABCs but you, but you can't like talk about stereotypes and generalizations on oh, podcasts right, okay. podcast. oh my god it's what you talk about with your friends but you said it was factual not a stereotype that was all <laughs> oh my god they're not gonna listen it's okay I know we've got a purely Anglo audience anyhow because it's only three of my friends and, <laughs> you know, some dude I met down at the local bottle Um So, yes, we did go fire hunting. We saw a red glow in the distance. We tried to get to that, but we were blocked off by some very svelte, handsome firemen. Yep. Or as they called themselves, <laughs> local council workers. Why are you sitting two and a half metres from the microphone while I'm hanging over it? I think... <laughs> no reason. It's like, oh my God, that microphone's within two metres range. It's going to kill me. Okay, remember... No, don't remember that. Um, so, yeah, we also got to a point eventually down someone's driveway with big private property do not enter signs on it we got halfway down that and could see glowing embers couldn't we yes and apparently according to council people um this fire was awesome last night it was lit up like a christmas tree anyhow i'm not we're not pro fire oh my god no no this is terrible look climate change is crazy and uh, you know our state's burning it's not like we're strangers to bushfire but the fact is i lost my concentration because i started to focus on what Serious eye movement like i had in case it was displaying okay. my I main cognitive not, function i was not judging your eye movement okay okay so this will be interesting you'll be able to hear my questions but which hazel will be so far from the microphone and so quietly spoken that <laughs> you won't be able to hear her answers okay. Which are the interesting things if you are into pure mathematics. Okay, 
the listeners have gone, so you can yeah, relax okay. and just <laughs> chill out. The interesting things, if you're interested. Like I mentioned, poor maths. Poor maths. <laughs> Freudian tip. You don't have to take pity on us. <laughs> no. Poor maths, not poor mathematicians. So, um, focus, brown, uh, focus Maud. Keep giving my name away on every podcast. Uh, can you remind me what, what we were going to do um, now? We were going to move on to talking about maths because okay, I maths. apparently I'm an INTP so that's all I can actually oh my talk God. about. Yeah, I've got no friends left uh, <laughs> because I've just been going on about MBTI, Myers-Briggs type indicator. Everyone's freaking out because they think I've gone insane because it gets like it's thought of as pseudoscience but I'll just resolve that here MBTI is the type indicator it's a test you take to find your type you can find your type other ways so if you're wrongly typed on your free internet test that is going to happen it didn't happen for me so I had more faith than I should have because I'm a bit special in multiple ways so I think my type is more easily distinguished Get over it, people. It's not the typing. Look, once you know your actual type, you'll relate to it. It's just hard to get there because you're also comparatively normal. That's it. Okay, move on from MBTI. Um, so I'm with an INTP female. There's not a lot on them out there, so we're all a bit confused by how they work. But they are the most intelligent type with their cognitive stack which is what it's all about do I need to say that again but they also have a bit of a failure to launch thing going on maybe because they're a bit quirky and rebellious in their nerdy special way so highest potential for brainiacs the INTJ um, second highest we won't go on about them uh, but they have a better average function mentally. I'm just, my brain's just shutting down again. My brain disease. Okay, so let, let's talk to Witch Hazel about the joy of pure mathematics. So where, where did you grow up, um, Hazel? Um, I Which? grew up in Lancaster in the north of England. North of England. How come you speak so posh? Don't they say room and... What is it Brian Cox says, uh, the physicist? He's got a I don't know. thing, I think, from Northern England. I don't speak posh. I speak Australian, according to my English friends. Oh, right, okay. Slovenly, slovenly word structure. But, yeah, Mum speaks pretty posh, so... Okay. Uh, I never had a Northern accent, which is really unfortunate in retrospect, because... I don't know, it's one of those things where uh, when you're growing up you often just model how your parents speak and you know, mum spoke kind of posh so I just thought that that was the right way to speak and that was the better way to speak but now having moved away from the north You've of England... You've not mentioned how your father speaks or doesn't he talk much? No, he does talk, <laughs> uh, even though he's an INTP. Um. Look, I'll, I'll say it for you, he's an Aussie but he speaks posh because his father spoke posh because his father's father was English somehow that transferred through the generations okay, so, so that's gone like three generations down look um, an Aussie would think he sounds posh yeah but, but I Pong think wouldn't. like he just has a very mixed accent because he's lived in a lot of places and it's 
He's yeah. a bit of a weird well, case. That's why I was sticking with mum because she just up. has a very yeah clearly always lived in the, like well grew up in South of England, always lived in England, yeah, speaks quite okay. posh. So right, how come you? Family went north of England then. I mean, north well, of the England. North is objectively the better part of England. So, oh, it's funny. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, for bushwalkers. Um, well, we don't have a bush in England, so there's no okay. such thing as a bushwalker. But uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, we have the Lake District, pretty close to yeah, Lancaster. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, beautiful. Um, but also, people are just nicer in the north. Like. Uh, this is obviously a massive sweeping generalisation because really when I talk about the South I'm talking about like Londoners, it's a big yep. city, you know, people don't walk down the street and say hi to each other because no, it's London. It's full of East End thugs. No, because it's full of people who are there to God, be successful yes. and yes. Um, yeah, they just like full of a lot of people who are there to advance their careers it's, it's okay. just my big stereotype about yeah. london compared to people in the north like no one goes to the north of england to advance their career yeah right they go there just it's a nice place to live and yep. and bring up kids and whatever so yep. is it quite safe around there friendlier. uh well not everywhere in the north but lancaster apart from safe. liverpool is liverpool the north yeah liverpool's yeah. in the north and manchester and, and manchester birmingham. like no birmingham's east Birmingham's right in the middle, really. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay, Birmingham's so, Midlands. Um, what are people from Manchester called? Mannies? Mancunians. Mancunians, well, okay. Mancuni Mancunians. That's a type of cat, actually. Uh, Brummies are from Birmingham. Yeah. I learned that recently. Yeah, and Liverpudlians are from Liverpool. Yeah, or, or Geordies are from Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Scousers are from Liverpool. Yeah, well, Scouser, Scouser. Yeah, that's the accent. Ah, I don't know if okay. I don't know. Don't know if you call someone from Liverpool a Scouser. Probably. I think there's a person approach. Um, yeah, so. Hey! You're not here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're alright, I was just like, where'd you go? What were we talking about, Scousers? Uh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, the north of England. Safe the north of England is, except for big cities, but big cities are never safe. No, so. that's right, of course. Um, I, I don't know. I wanted, oh yeah, so Lancaster, something that comes to mind there that is dangerous in nature would be, can you guess? In nature? Like a, it's a natural phenomenon, it's not a living organism. The well, once, like, five or seven people died from this uh, event that happens, I think, daily at the seaside. Oh, like cockle picking or yes, whatever. Yeah, cockle picking. So the Lancaster Tide or Lancashire Tide that comes in? Yeah. I don't think that's like an actual big risk. Because well, the not tide if is you use, not if you're a cautious person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not even about people being cautious. It's about people like having the privilege to have safe working conditions. Like I think that the people who died oh, were right. immigrants who more or less didn't have that much choice. This is just from my memory. I could yeah, be completely right. wrong. But yeah, I think there was more to it than just people being stupid. 
or well, at least I the people being stupid, it stupid might have been I wouldn't at up. all. Like stupid's a harsh word. That's knowing something and doing it and killing yourself accidentally and getting or a Darwin Award. Oh, that looks fantastic. Thank you. And for you. Thank you very much. Anything else? No, that's all. You oh, might... look, actually. A topper? I'm going to have another Let's glass. Do it. I'll yeah. bring out the Thank you. Pop it up. Yep. More water here, please. Um, so, oh, this looks so good. Um, focus now. Uh, yeah, so what I heard, yeah, cockle pickers. Yeah, I wouldn't call it stupid. I'd call it unaware of local conditions would have been what I thought it was. But maybe what you're saying is that there was an awareness, but they had someone who was their boss, so to say, and who was saying you've got to pick this many before you come in? Look, possibly, but I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know the details. Um, to me, it's a natural danger, like the surf in Sydney is, or a rip at Bondi Beaches, because you don't know... It's not something that's familiar to you, so yeah. it could come out yeah. of the blue at you. And the thing with that tide, the Lancashire tide, uh, is that you can have walked on sand out for a mile, mm -hmm. and then there's this huge wave at 3pm that comes in, that yeah. somehow, I talk, spoke to someone about this because I thought, can't you just body surf it in kind of thing? But... They said, no, it's like a huge wave. Thank you so much. No like a huge wave that comes in and tumbles you around. and Yeah. Okay, let's move on from that, okay. anyhow. Um, so, growing up, Lancaster. So, um, you came to the University of Sydney to do your under-degree... Under oh, God, under-degree... Your undergrad degree with mm -hmm. you started first year in maths and music, which I think of as a classic combination. Well, I was doing maths, just doing some music units. Like it was a science degree all along. I wasn't going to be able to major in music. Okay, that's kind of what I meant though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You had a history with music, so even though you were doing maths, you did your kind of a few side yeah, subjects yeah. in music at yeah. the conservatorium in Sydney yeah yeah so part of the reason I chose the degree was for the flexibility of being able to study some music units I think it was like a long time ago making the decision right so goodness knows what my reasons were but I think that was part of it and reason. did you start I mean it's an interesting combination for a lot of people who don't have it this maths and music um did you do you feel you were kind of born with the music side um I don't know, I think, like, there was a certain point in my childhood when I, like, realised that I had natural talent, but it wasn't, like, I don't think it's, like, as simple as being born with it. Right. No, it would never be. You'd need some training. No, but, but I mean... you had a natural aptitude. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But I still don't know how much that's to do with... Um, being born with it where uh, as opposed to like your early environment whatever there's so many things that affect yeah sure but like if you look back to my drawings in first grade of school yeah like basically my ostrich and my frog look fairly similar and they both yeah. just look like a smashed potato yeah so I had no natural aptitude I just heard this woman talking about art and she found it so easy 
Yeah. Ever since, it doesn't mean she did, you know, Rembrandt at age six, but she found drawing easy. It was just natural to her. It was not natural. It wasn't easy for me to yeah. do something. The ideas didn't come, and it looked like a dog's breakfast when I was forced to at school. That's also what happens when I try and draw stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, look, music always came easily to me. Uh, I had a good ear from a very young age. Like if someone played me a note and said, sing me a note that's like a perfect fourth above that, then I would have no problem doing that. And I really don't remember a time having a problem doing that. Okay. And at what age did you write your first concerto? (laughs) I've never written a concerto. Okay. You did something in about year 10 at school where you wrote the orchestral movements. Yeah, I wrote something for the school orchestra, um, which was like really great having the opportunity. Like, did they perform it? Yeah, they performed it in Lancaster Cathedral. Look, in retrospect, it was not a very good piece of music. Um, Something I've realised more recently is that one of the most important things about being an artist. Like, I'd say 50% of what it is to be an artist, not that I'm actually an artist, so I don't actually, can't actually say this, but um, it's something I completely underestimated in high school, is it's important to have good taste in music if you're trying to write music. You need okay. to be able to evaluate whether what you've done is good. Because for it, other people. For other people's music, but also for your own, for you. oh. but also for your own music. Like, the stuff I wrote at high school, some of it was really good, some of it was really shit, and I just never really really judged whether my music was good or not and that um could have helped me back as a composer if i'd been like trying to become a composer but what actually helped me back being a composer was going to study maths and not writing any music so yeah well it was nice of the orchestra to play it at lancaster cathedral even though it was complete shit so that's no no, no i'm not saying it was complete shit but like looking back on it now it's not it could have been better it's just not and yeah, like not, what most really sixteen-year-olds do, which, well, you know, where they're excelling at everything. Um, yeah, so yeah, you probably had a natural talent. And what drew you to maths? Like, was that always the best subject at school? Or? Um, I was always good at it at school. Um, <laughs> this is actually funny. I was talking to someone the other day who had just met my dad, mm-hmm. and um, met my dad at the pub after a concert that we'd all been to with a few friends and dad immediately sets everyone this like logic riddle or something and then a few weeks later my friend goes to me i get why you're so good at maths now like if i'd had a dad like that growing up then i'd be a maths genius so like dad made me curious about the world um and then i lost the curiosity about the world and just became curious about the imaginary world world of maths but Okay, I'm just having a short aside here because there are people who have mathematician-type fathers who loathe maths. Just saying it might be a bit of an INTP thing. Don't know if the father's just pure INTP or if there's a little Asperger's uh, on the side. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's not surprising given the, the way the mind works. But the Um, reason I chose to continue with maths, like, it's not... You can't get through a maths degree just by being good at it, because there comes a point where, however good you are at it, it becomes really, really hard. Right. Um, 
And so you mean you've got to put in the work hours? To no, you've got to love it. I love it. Which yes. is very different from oh, just yeah. being good at it. Like oh, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, like there's a lot of different reasons people love maths. Some people love it because it's extremely useful. You know, maybe they um, maybe they're really interested in statistics because it's just so incredibly useful for science, or maybe they're really interested in differential equations because they really want to um, be able to make models of climate change or whatever. Um, but then there's also the... You see, those um, are the INTJs. They need a driver yeah. to learn. Yeah, the and then there's... INTPs also yeah, just the, love learning the for the sake of learning. Pure mathematicians who see the beauty in maths. Mm -hmm. um, you know, beauty in patterns. I think it's a lot uh, harder to see that beauty than it is with like music. That's something that everyone can appreciate. But uh -huh. I think it's a pretty s it's similar sort of beauty in a lot of ways. Um, kind of the, the melding together of things. No, can't work it out. Um, I think it's patterns. Like <laughs> that's a simplistic view of the similarity between maths and music. But uh, I haven't been able to convince myself of a better way to explain it yeah well like, that might be it that extroverted intuition where your brain just yeah. looks outwards and sees all the patterns that's a natural thing that the patterns come together anyhow there's a sharp knife nearby and apparently if I mention personality types one more time it's it's getting lodged okay so um what like in first year, what did you have to have a specific instrument at, uh, for music class? No, the music classes that I was doing in first year were very theoretical. Um, in fact, they were so they were a part of um, music called harmony and analysis. So the harmony part is figuring out what uh, notes you can play together that sound good, which is like the chords, but more importantly, what chord sequences work so what chords can you put one after another and why okay um and then the oh okay that's not quite doing harmony justice in fact i'm not going to talk about analysis analysis is relatively boring compared to harmony so okay. harmony is the more uh a mathematical part of music and it's something that all con students are forced to do in first year and they just could not understand why i was doing this voluntarily right. um yeah. Yeah, but it's more or less the standard exercise you get given in harmony is you've got four voices, so soprano, alto, tenor, bass. That's just right. like high, middle, middle, middle low. There's two chicks and two dudes. Uh, yeah. Are those the names for females and males? Those yeah, yeah, no. I'm, the only reason I'm hesitating is because, like, you know, traditionally in a church choir, the old guys would also do the alto and then they'd get little little boys to do soprano oh, okay. and then yep. have their all male uh, sexist choir. The castratos? Um, no, just little boys before their voice are broken. Okay. That was such a... But yeah, sure, in a modern choir it's usually just two girls, two guys. Anyway, so the point is to write... Um, you're maybe given a melody line in the soprano and you've got to write the other three lines. Um, and so there's two things you've got to think about. Firstly, you need to make sure that each of the lines individually sounds melodic and makes sense by itself, like horizontally. Well, I think of it as horizontally, as in um, if one person just sang their line by itself, does it sound musical? But then the other thing you've got to think about is the um, vertical direction, 
which is at any given time you've got four people singing potentially four people singing a note at the same time so that needs to sound good together it needs to work as a chord mm-hmm. um, and so yeah you kind of it's kind of like a puzzle right solving a puzzle writing this thing that works horizontally and works vertically at the same time it's very much like solving a sudoku puzzle except with an added bit of creativity um, that you don't get in sudoku that's kind of why it seems mathematical mm. when you do it that sounds it but it's quite creative as well so it's very very satisfying sort of puzzle. way more satisfying than sudoku which is like pretty boring because it's the same every time it's yeah just, the numbers one to nine like that never changes but yeah um so <clears throat> like what instruments have you played or like historically what instrument are you best at i know you've done piano a lot is that your best instrument um probably i play clarinet and piano um and took them fairly both fairly seriously at school like i didn't really take one more seriously than the other um and i still play them now but not so much i used to play cello but String instruments, there's a lot of technique. You have to sit down and practice scales and whatever. And I wasn't ever very interested in sitting down and practicing scales mm. and never really got the techniques. So. You said string instruments, you play scales. To yeah. me, scales are a piano thing, they're not a guitar thing. Oh, so string instruments, I just meant like uh, bowed string instruments like violin and cello. Okay. Sure, every instrument you're supposed to play scales, but mm-hmm. for some instruments, I think it's more important than others because they're just more technique based instruments. And uh-huh. I think string instruments especially. Like clarinet, I got away with never playing scales, really. Piano, I didn't play s- scales until I decided to actually do my grade 8 exam. Yeah, the same with clarinet. Like, obviously, I had to learn scales for the exam. But, um, yeah, I think you can get away. I think there is way too much focus in music lessons on playing scales because it just sucks out, sucks away people's interest and it's just not useful I'm wondering if, that young if age. There, it's something that people could make a judgment on like oh here's this six-year-old oh they're getting off on their scales oh my god they love just perfecting that yeah but no six-year-old does okay almost like people learn music because they want to play tunes right um but I think this t- so there's two reasons firstly like well kids just do whatever they're told to to do to some extent. They don't so, have the wider knowledge. To yeah, know. exactly. They just think that's what it means to learn a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. And secondly, from the teacher's point of view, it's just easier to, you know, teaching scales is easy, especially if you don't actually care about teaching the correct technique and you're just getting them to do the motions. It's really easy for them. They don't and you want to give them use. a, a um, chore to do and then uh, walk out, shut the door and go and have a cup of yeah. tea while they... Yeah, and you don't care about whether they actually end up enjoying music. Mm. This is really unfortunate, like, part of early music education. That and the whole doing grades and exams and <coughs> treating the whole thing as a competition, which is crazy because, like, music is in no way really a competition, but people seem to think that it has to be and that they have to compete and get better better grades than, uh, like... And not just the ABCs, right? Oh my god. Okay, now moving on. Uh, Dirty looks. So I'm just going to move this microphone even more this way away from the drill, even though the drill's good. I like Mm -hmm. it. 
and that one too but it probably should be pointed directly at you or we might lose you um, my name is Jan Janssen, I come from Wisconsin, I work in the lumber mills there. When I walk down the street, all the people I meet... Doesn't... you don't know that one? No. Okay, it's the only thing I can sing in tune almost. Um, so... Like, um, you play clarinet and piano. Uh, any other instruments while you were at uni? No, um... Not while I was at uni. Wrong answer. Oh! <laughs> yes, I um, became a theremin expert in the two hour... That's what you meant, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> a theremin expert in the two hours that I did that get I out the theremin for you. Um, on Carrie's theremin. And you wanted to do it intuitively. I wanted to play the video of the guy in the 1970s dressed in a frilly kind of tuxedo with enormous lapels who torturously would take us through the technique of the theremin yeah nah. you didn't seem to exhibit <laughs> any interest in that that would be my least preferred way of learning to play the theremin right so um oh my god weren't you in a band of recorders like as in the little instrument you play yeah hey, when you're a kid? i know totally but only at high school i did lots of other music stuff I high thought school. you had one for fun however yeah this is what you're thinking of maybe, okay, maybe. um is that i was in the whistling ensemble oh, at the conservatorium yeah. um and we actually got ourselves a whistling gig earlier this year That's where awesome. we whistled in the australian premiere of this random piece it was a pretty cool piece actually oh my um, god you so would have been on spicks and specs if it was around when you were going through uni they would have loved that because they do kind of weird bands doing very familiar songs, but in a weird way, and people have to get guess which song it is. Uh huh. I might have even had whistlers. Okay, somehow I remember whistling as playing the recorder. No, whistling is way better than playing recorder, and way more <coughs> underestimated as well. Like, I know people think that recorder is just this instrument you learn at school, which is not true. There's some very good, serious recorder players. But, like, what do people think of whistlers? People don't even know that that's a thing. Mm. I think it's. I think with modern media, it's lost its kind of place in society. I grew up with a father who whistled all the time. It's just a thing, um, little short phrases or whatever. Plus, every single day when he came home from work, look, it was the 70s, it was the zeitgeist. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it was our family and not someone else's. It's, was, it wasn't that weird. Um, sexist as hell but not weird and uh, he'd whistle as he came down our long driveway because our house was built in someone's backyard so I can't whistle because um well I can so I taught myself to whistle as a kid I think I got five cents for doing it I remember my <laughs> sister being pissed off because she could never pick it up but I did stand in front of the mirror and I would push my cheeks in and roll my tongue or something. And there was some process I tried and I'd blow through and then try and refine it. I mean, it didn't come naturally. It was a, it was quite a bit of work to learn to whistle, but you know, five cents was, I mean, that was a week's pocket money back then. Um, yeah, he'd whistle this tune and that meant my mother could put the kettle on so by the time he got in the house, there was a cup of instant coffee waiting. Yeah, it was the 70s, it was instant. That went into the 80s. 
was only in the 90s they brought like the that weird thing called the cappuccino became more standard that's a take from arrested development um yeah like instant coffee i haven't drunk it since the 90s i mean probably espresso started coming in oh we used to go to the milk bar the italian milk bar across the road from the school and get a cappuccino um so yeah of course some people like the inventors had it all together they knew what was good coffee but yeah, it took a while for it to take off and now you wouldn't drink anything else. By you, I mean inner city hipsters. Um, I wouldn't either. God, it's delicious espresso. So, um, okay, the whistling band, that went well. Um, okay, so we're going to leave music because you carried on. You did, didn't do any music in second year, any subjects? or? You did? I did in second year. But what not subject was that? Oh, just more harmony analysis. Okay. There was harmony analysis one, two, three, and four. So I did all four okay. in first and second year. Okay, so third year then was just math subjects. Uh, more or less. I did one random unit where I went to China and tried to learn Chinese. But other than that, just maths. Okay. Um, and then after your degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, you decided to stay another year in Sydney and do your honours year. So, mm -hmm. so maths honours, like I did a biochemistry honours, that was 100% research. There was no, oh, we had to give talks and I remember, actually, yeah, that's not true. I did do some essay on polygalacturonase in fruit ripening, as I recall could have been in like um, lamb birthing or something, but as I recall, it was fruit ripening. So we did do two essays and we talked, uh, I think about something other than our work and our work. So, but really it was a research degree because you can kind of do biochem at lower levels, but maths I assume is a little harder to do. Yeah, especially pure maths. It's hard to start doing research um, so normally the way that you can start doing research as an undergrad or an honours student is by picking a niche right. um, but in maths it very much all builds on itself and kind of interlinks so there's certain fundamental things that no matter what niche you pick you kind of need to know um, you can get to the end of a four-year maths degree and still look at research papers and not be able to understand the title or the abstract or mm. really any of it, which is kind of frustrating, but um, yeah, it's just the way it is, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, you can still do I some... I mean, look, most people find it incomprehensible. What did I read the other day that, yeah, there are only two languages which aren't kind of languages and one's maths and one's music something like that where you to understand it you need to have learnt the language I suppose they're talking about musical no notation I presume rather than just strumming something and um, yeah maths it's a whole language isn't it yeah it, it really is um, yeah and it's one that just takes years of work to acquire mm -hmm. um, 
because it's if you know if you see a word that you don't understand in a paper it's not even like you can just go and look on Wikipedia or what it means because the Wikipedia page will uh, define that word using five other words that you also don't know what they mean. Um, there's really no shortcut other than just doing a few more years of education. Um, that said, there's definitely some research areas that require less background than others. So, you know, it is sometimes possible for honours students to do some original research in pure maths, but it's definitely not expected. Wow. And there's so you have to do a thesis. It's mm. not necessarily original research, but yeah. you know it's at least original exposition, obviously. Okay, yeah. um, and <clears throat> it's great if it can have something original as well. Um, and then you also have to do coursework so that you can keep building up your knowledge base. Hmm. And you had an exam for the coursework to make sure you six exams. It. Oh my god! Six wow. subjects. Um, They're out yeah. of control. Yeah, they're changing honours. Um, they're dumbing it down a little. I don't think that's the phrasing they used, but not really. Um, and they're doing because the uni's telling them they have to. Um, they probably like need to save money, so they're getting rid of like um, scrap paper or something. You know, like I don't know. The unis are so tight on the cash, and they're so um, they've gone quite corporate. Uh, yeah, in that's the last true. See, the good so. thing about um, maths is it's not the most expensive department to fund. More or less, you like obviously you need all the usual things like money to attend conferences and whatever, yeah. just like any other department. But you know, a lot of the time you just need a pen and paper or yeah. a whiteboard or whatever. You don't so need you labs. tend to yeah. So you nutted out old school, like on pen and with pen and paper you're not nutting it out on a iPad or anything uh, that's a bit brandest yeah on look, a... some people use iPads um, but they use them just like they would use whiteboards okay so. just to like yeah. they might have a stylus that they just write on exactly yeah, yeah. okay yeah most hmm. of m most of its pen and paper that wasn't very <laughs> successful was it? Um, look. <laughs> I'm gonna get some more water oh okay yeah get some more Side salad, it's beautiful. Oh my god, it's so pop. That was quick. Yeah, well, I learned where it was since last time. <laughs> okay. See, as an INFJ, I definitely would have taken the empty back with me. Just saying, I'm uh, just pointing out, it's not a criticism, it's a compliment. Thank you. I'm Mary. too involved. Thank you, Maud. Okay. Anyhow, we were just joking while you were. Getting water. So, oh, yeah. um, <coughs> maths honours. Um, is that? Oh well, you should just mention what your topic. Oh well, can you say the title of your thesis? Sure. It was called a generalisation of the McKay correspondence. Okay. Excellent. And you were satisfied that was a pleasing subject to work on. Yeah, it was a really cool topic. It was one of those where. Um, you didn't have too much like prerequisite knowledge that you needed before you could do some original research, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I was really happy with it. Excellent. And uh, you're aware of what you could do if you went rogue in society? If I went rogue in society? Yeah, like if you filled up with hatred and wanted to d destroy things. Do you have a preference for what you get up to? 
never thought about going rogue in society. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Like, I well, could always go into finance. Because if you want to do Harvard, look at the Harvard mathematician, if you go rogue, you become the Unabomber, Ed Kaczynski. Mm -hmm. That's an option. I'll just leave it there in case in the future you're thinking, oh, how can I like totally dysfunction in society and cause mayhem and suffering. Okay, thanks for that. Okay. All right, well, do you want to explain your thesis? Or I kind of feel quite full of maths now. I think most people would who aren't okay. theoretical mathematicians. Um, but if it, is there anything you want to add? Like, yeah, well, we haven't actually talked about any maths yet. And, um, oh, my God. It's true. Oh, sorry. Yep, did and I say that out loud? Yeah. <laughs> And um, okay. since you told me that you wanted this podcast from me talking about maths... Yeah, because it's a dark podcast. It's about yeah, the most crushing things, things on yeah, Earth. like maths, yeah. exactly. So I might as well subject okay. everyone yeah. to a small amount of that. I mean, they can always skip ahead or play it on triple speed. Yeah, I would probably recommend skipping ahead for the next, let's say, three minutes. Let's try and get it They done. could play it triple speed and dance to it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, the ENFPs okay. and the... ESTPs, do it. An idea. Why yeah. don't we edit this and put music in the background behind the maths bit because then people can zone out of the maths and just listen to the music and dance to it. Well, I like that, but the problem is I can't do any editing because I'm so crushed by existence that I'm barely wiping my own ass. So actually editing something, that's why this is going on. I mean, I did tell you you could listen to it first, but I was lying. It's yes, just going up. I didn't expect that. So um, I'd love that. That's for yeah, yeah. That's for twenty twenty seven when yeah, yeah. And I'll just send it to you over the airwaves, and you can do all that. I just point out. I was going to point out something. Can't remember. It was saying music. Oh yeah. So remember, about three years ago, you came and visited the end of the Blue Mountains, start of the Central West. Beautiful Lithgow, mm -hmm. where Maud has a little house mm -hmm. that she loves. And I had bought a big drum, as in from a drum kit, but that was because I saw it at Vinnie's, uh, not Balgala, Brookvale, Vinnie's Brookvale for $15. That seemed cheap. I don't know. Look, you can pretty well get them for free on Marketplace these days, Facebook. But look, uh, I thought that would be fun um, for friends to sit around and bang while the fire's blazing in the middle of winter. But quite get that far but one time you picked up a pair a bit of firewood and started to hit the drum ask for a pair of socks put those on the end of these fire sticks fire sticks that sounds exciting they're just you know <laughs> just weeks yeah and you belted out a little ditty probably not the right word for it but you just hit the drum and I think I recorded it so if we can dig that up I was gonna end with hazelnut taken us out with not literally not Ed Kaczynski wise but taken us out with some a little bit of random sock drumming uh, and then people can just imagine it fading out at the end because we don't have a sound engineer so okay okay I think you're just trying to get off the topic of me talking about math oh no I'm excited okay good okay did you see my headphones anyway no, that's good. I, I do want to know, and everyone wants to know, because they don't understand how you all can do all that stuff. Um, yeah, well, more like...
likely they just don't understand why I would want to. That's a like, big part of it. Um, that, like, you know, when you tell someone you're studying maths, they're way more likely to say, oh, I hate maths, than, oh, I'm really bad at maths. Although they're both very common responses. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm not sure which is more common. I'm sometimes the ones uh, who love it, keep it quiet, I think. Because it's not a cool subject to love. Yeah, and a lot of the reasons why people don't love it, it's not not really because of the subject itself, but because they had a bad experience with it, or, you know, they missed some important topic in, like, year three, and then because maths does build on itself so much, like, that just then makes them think yeah. they're bad at maths. You'd be really lost. Just, yeah, you don't have that exactly. fundamental to yeah. work off of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, maths is a misunderstood subject and all the rest and whatever. Um, but yeah, why do we want to study it? Um, so, my honours thesis was in an area of maths called representation theory. It's one of the coolest parts of maths. Um, and it sort of deals with symmetry from a mathematical point of view. Okay. Um, Can you give us an example of symmetry of what? Yeah, so um, probably the best examples are you take like a triangle or a square or whatever and it's got it's got reflectional symmetry you can reflect let's say a triangle it's easier there's three lines of reflection uh -huh. um, but there's also rotations you can do yeah. you can do like uh, clockwise anti-clockwise um, whatever so if you take all of those symmetries together it's called a group hmm. and mathematical symmetry is really the study of groups hmm. so that's what a mathematician would say is like a very concrete example of symmetry because you can realize it with an actual geometric triangle. It's a sort of thing that you you actually see that sort of symmetry in the real world or in art or in flowers or whatever. Um, sometimes symmetry gets a bit more abstract. Um, so sometimes you might it might just look like a load of symbols and there's no pictures. Because it's the original thing is abstract. It's not a triangle which we can all picture. It's a globulous mass or something. Um, it's more that it doesn't have to be the symmetry of any object in particular. It's just the no. abstract notion of symmetry. Okay. And then what you often want to do, so it's as if instead of giving you the triangle, I just said, I just gave you the reflections and rotations. Right. Like, how do you know that it came from So you triangle? want to generalise symmetry theory that you can pump info into and get an answer from, or is that not the case? Um, no, you want to generalise it because it gives you a deep un deeper understanding of kind of the essence of symmetry. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's what it feels like. But then, um, if you end up with something super abstract, one thing you often want to do is see if you can make it more concrete. So maybe you have a really abstract group of symmetries and you don't know whether it's the symmetries of any actual object. Um, sometimes you do want to get an object back again, um, or at least see how it can be viewed as reflections and rotations and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, sort of what representation theory is takes an abstract group and then it tries to make it concrete by realising it as things like rotations and reflections. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about maths. Oh! <laughs> I feel maybe my eyes glazing over and wandering out to the view. That had nothing to do with it. Okay. Really? <laughs> that's your passion in a nutshell? Like, that's what, that's the kind of thing that drives you? Yeah, look, it's really hard to, um, appreciate it without putting in in the 
work and going through a book and working through all the exercises. You know so what makes I me appreciate it is your enthusiasm. Like I can tell Thanks, you're passionate Mary. about it, and I can't can't quite conceptually engage with it, but I still love that you're passionate and all these potential like. I do think with theoretical stuff, sometimes people wonder why, but I assume all knowledge is useful and could influence mankind in the future. Yeah, uh, that's certainly an argument that pure mathematicians give when people ask whether what they're doing is useful. Maybe it'll be useful in a hundred years' time. Historically, that's often been the case. Something seems super abstract and then suddenly people realised it was useful 100 years later. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm not thinking investors are going to go, oh, that sounds good, I'll put like a billion dollars into maths because in 100 years... Yeah, but this is why it's good that we don't need a billion dollars, we just need uh, a pen and paper. Oh, that's right, true. Excellent. Yeah, so it almost works Fuck out. Fuck them. Fuck you guys and your billion dollars. Oh, uh, look, ideally we need a salary as well. Oh, right. Okay. In an ideal world. But that's what universities are for. So. I had a little meme I didn't show you because you know you're all MBT died out and I did think you were possibly going homicidal soon as someone who's extremely calm and polite and casual I mean you're supposed to just giggle calmly not death stare me that's you're making me feel like I've maybe upset you but um so uh death stare distraction um can you remind me what I was saying? You were saying how I'm going to go all homicidal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I was talking about the MBTI still. Not that, just your functional stack. And why was I talking about the functional I'm stack? I'm not sure. You just suddenly talked about oh, so hard. My brain is... I did used to have an awesome brain, people. It's just atrophied. I don't know why. Um, so, MBTI... Okay, well, so what would, like, with a theoretical maths degree, oh, yes, the meme, oh, yeah, it has, it has two circles. Look, if you just, you'll find it straight away if you Google INTP jobs and look at images. Look, it's two circles. It's um, INTP jobs with a salary or that'll make you rich or something, INTP jobs. Oh God, I'm fagged. Oh my God, my brain is ceasing. Okay, I'll tell you the punchline. I can't tell jokes. Like, I know I can't tell this joke, but even normally I can't tell jokes. But two intersecting circles, you Google it. Um, one is kind of, oh, that's it, lucrative jobs and INTP jobs. So in the INTP jobs, you've got maths, professor, teaching, musician, whatever and lucrative jobs, you know, banker, CEO, developer, and they intersect the lucrative job for an INTP is a Jeopardy contestant. <laughs> is that a TV show? Yeah, look, it's a TV show where you answer questions, like you're smart, you answer all these questions, and you possibly you point at a face on a board and it spins around and there's a car behind it or something if you get to a certain number of points. Okay, yeah, so it's basically it's a smart person's TV show uh, you can win money from. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll remember that if I boom, ever boom. want to get rich. Yep. Yeah. So um, what are you thinking of doing with your 
degree and you're thinking of maybe doing a PhD first aren't you? I'm thinking of doing masters first and then a PhD. Okay, um, that's how it works more these days. Like well, if you do the masters can you just extend it to a PhD or just start afresh? It so depends on the country um, but most of the places I'm applying to are in Europe and there it's generally a separate thing, the masters and then the PhD. Which means you can choose to like move to a different uni or whatever, potentially after the masters, just depends. Um, Any ideas where you want to go for masters? Um, well, I'm applying to a lot of places in Europe. I really like the look of Bonn in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, has a good pure maths department and I just think it would be more fun living in Germany than living back in England or whatever. Cause it sounds Bonn. Oh God. Dad joke. Um, it sounds so good. Uh, bien. Yeah, my my language is spasiba. My language centre is just a mush of potato these days. Um, bon. Um, so you're not thinking of England? Well, I'm applying to some places in England as well. I'm applying in to places in England, Germany, and Switzerland. Okay. So I'll just see where I get in, to be honest, and ideally where I get funding. <laughs> yep. So they, someone will pay you enough so you can eat some dried noodles, whatever. Yeah, hopefully. Yep. Sounds good. I mean, you've got a great academic record, you present well, uh, you know, you're amiable, polite, friendly. Like, I'm not sure what the rejection would be based on, apart from just sheer competition of numbers and they've got to pick a name out of a hat kind of thing? Uh, yeah, um, the success rate for actually becoming a successful academic in pure maths is pretty low, mm -hmm. so I think there's a chance that there's just too many other smart people out there, but that also doesn't really bother me because um, it's not like I feel like if I don't make it at the end then everything was a waste because there's a lot of well you've got broad talent do in life. I suppose the thing is following a passion is just such a sensible thing to do but it's not like you don't have other things you're interested in which you could do if yeah absolutely and even the follow your passion thing um, it's not good advice for everyone because firstly um, a lot of people, okay, a lot of people can't find their passion and there just isn't this mysterious passion thing. Obviously that's not the case for me, but also there's been a lot of research that shows that you can become interested in things to a much larger extent than people anticipate themselves becoming interested in something. Um, so yeah, just because I'm not passionate about um, researching artificial intelligence safety or whatever now doesn't mean that that's something that would and there might even be areas me. that don't even exist yet that's true as well yep. so it's <clears throat> it's dangerous to think too narrow i think so i will try not to think too narrow i'm thinking quite narrow at the moment <laughs> also usually on this podcast i name i get um whoever you are a guest to name a charity that they'd like to promote. I just made that up. No, there's a guy who does one of the podcasts I listen to who does that. It's probably tangentially speaking with Christopher Ryan or something. It just came to mind, so before I forget, I thought I'd just mention it. I know you don't have a charity, but you've got an approach that you, you're liking. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, I definitely have some something to say about that. Um, which is, so, I wish that people's donations to charities were more based on rational thought than on feelings. Obviously, mm -hmm. feelings are good in terms of feelings are what motivate you to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of work that charities do, um, if you just pick a random, completely random charity to donate to, or if you pick a charity that really seems to appeal to something in you maybe you've got also a personal connection you know or a personal connection or a local uh, okay local is slightly different because local ones can often be quite efficient but um yeah if you just go with your and gut you feeling might in see terms of the, charity, outcome the outcome of the yeah one. so the problem with just going with your gut feeling with a charity is um a lot of charities are very ineffective mm -hmm. or even make things worse like like there's been a lot of interventions in the developing world that have just objectively made things worse and yet people keep donating to them because mm -hmm. there's no feedback loop people are mm -hmm. paying the money and not the people receiving very the true. benefits yep. and i just think it's really unfortunate that people very rarely actually do research into like you know read up on the effectiveness of the charities and it's hard to find that information it it's is hard to it find so that. is um, and to trust it when you do find it yeah. who's writing that this charity is uh, so one of the things efficient. you know if i had a load of money to donate today um there's a few people who have spent a lot of time researching what the best charities are and obviously it's not a completely objective thing because different people have different values but in terms of how efficient a charity is at achieving its goals that's fairly objective so yeah, yeah i think if i was donating money right now i would uh give to one of the charities that most people have researched is effective but like there's a website called give well that recommends some charities but i'm not really do they build wills no, 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 give okay. well as in give... No, I got that. I just thought oh, it right, might be a yeah. punny name. Like, because yeah. <laughs> there are still villages where yeah. a well would be a great yeah. benefit. Um, yeah, no, they're not a charity themselves. They're just uh, recommending charities. But overall, I just think it would be nice if people looked into the effectiveness of a charity before they donate. Yep. yep. That would... I mean, it certainly make makes sense. ...go a lot further. And would provide more joy to others in the long term with others getting things more efficiently that they require yeah i still think maybe if it's inefficient but this village needs a well or a nurse for a year to or something a doctor or something for a year like someone could do, donate to that inefficient charity because they've got spare cash and that they're in such desperate need, even though it's not the most efficient use of the money. Sure, but why not donate to a more efficient one that also improves the lives of equally impoverished people in a, in a way that can, yes. can make them, just give them a hundred times more effective. I mean, that's just, I don't know, like there's a charity that, no, actually, I'm not going to go on a whole effective altruism spiel. Uh, I think okay. I've made my point. Okay, I mean, I think what your point makes perfect sense yeah I think it does and like, it's logically not... and humanitarianly it makes sense yeah yeah and I think it's just something people don't think about a look lot it's lovely time. that people don't uh, like I love that people care about others and want to donate and make the world a better place like to me that's just such a fundamentally human thing but we do see people who don't seem to have a soul and we see other people who want to 
vote for the soulless guy who's more capitalist and building an empire or what it they that's what gets them off yeah and they're often not thinking very broadly in time or space they've just got a limited brain existence in the here and now or they're a bit sentimental or they're looking to next week or you know you know they're not really thinking what's happening. I always notice when on telly people say oh you never think it'll happen to you and I always think really I always think it's going to happen to me <laughs> and I'm still waiting it's a bit disappointing no like I always think well haven't you thought of life and how it works like do you think people who get hit by a car or bitten by a shark or have a home invader or something you think they're different to you why why do you think that's not just a general thing that happens to people we're not like what the hell anyhow i'd probably score higher on neuroses or something but yeah the limited breadth of people's breadth depth and um chucking your brain back and forward in time like so important we learn from history for a start because let's face it those um haircuts in the 70s they were criminal but no like we've got to look back and forth and like learn like just improve as a society in general and not keep being dumb as all f that's all your turn yeah like i have a fairly positive outlook in terms of um a lot of the good improvements of society are not really mentioned in the news because the bad things that happen are often very immediate and newsworthy things like a natural disaster or um, you know some something political or whatever my feeling is that it's actually that local good things sorry good things tend to happen more locally like the big world events do tend to be negative like we had the arab spring we got off on that that was a big thing i think we got off on that i can't remember like i think that was a positive thing that people felt were going to give people more freedom in the future oh look it was just this there was some uprising in northern africa or something yeah. where people got rid of tyrants possibly i could be making that up i don't even know i just think spring sounds nice so it was probably a positive change so what i'm what i more mean is um like yeah things that are not sudden events but are just gradual so something that causes a lot more suffering than most of the things that actually make the news is extreme poverty because it's just a like thing that's just always there but it's something that has been massively massively reduced um, it's something that we've made a lot of progress on as a world that people just don't they don't dwell on that positive message that we're doing a good job on extreme poverty like mm -hmm. it's being massively reduced and I thought you were saying that we don't see it anymore as in people aren't reporting on it but you mean we don't see it because certainly as a child in the some decade last century like because I'm not sure if it's 70s or 80s, how bad is that? But like um, Ethiopia, the starvation in Ethiopia, that was very much on our TVs in the 70s. Like you couldn't not know that that was happening. Yeah. I wonder now, maybe there is extreme stuff, but maybe there is starvation somewhere and we don't know about it because it's not a trendy thing yeah, to report on. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, no, there is, and it's it's not. It just doesn't make the news because it's not news, and there's still a long way to go with global poverty. But I just think it's a positive story that it has. That global poverty has reduced so much over the past decade. Right. Like it's something people don't realize. Like I don't. Realize, a lot of people no. just have no idea that the number of people living below the poverty line is um, reducing a lot. Um, I think that feedback's so important because yeah. we do see a lot of ads to donate to charities for people in countries where there is a lot of poverty to the level of yeah, sanitation and mm -hmm. hunger and fresh water and whatever. Yeah. But we don't get that message back, you're right. Yeah. And, um, like people often get overwhelmed by these stories. I mean, look, Ethiopia was extremely overwhelming. But yeah, come on, rich, rich yeah. Westerners, like chuck some coin that way and do it efficiently. And oh, I just always think the most basic things in life before any of us buy a car, everyone should have clean drinking water, easily accessible. That's number one. Yeah. And no one can own water. And like it's just get it together, people. And then. You know, if you're buying your third plasma TV, maybe we should make sure that everyone's got enough food, you know, nutrition yeah. or medical care or... I'm just going to rant if I speak again because my brain's shutting down, even though I've tried to pick it up. So, yeah, you, you mentioned salient points that come to you. Oh. You zoned out, INTP land, little bit of TI going on there. Are you doing the any sweep now with your eyes? I don't know if that's a thing, but look, you do have very active eyes. I did want to ask you if I could borrow your iPhone to film your eyes while you talk about maths. Could we maybe just do that now as an add-on? We can cut this here yeah. so it's not to... But I'm gonna be really self-conscious if I know that you're okay, so filming you know, my eyes. Actually, come up with the real excuse was your train is due at what time? <coughs> Three fifteen. Three thirty. Thirty. Okay. Don't we have ages till then? What's the time? Yeah, it's quarter to three. It's not ages. I mean, okay. I don't know how much walking okay. we'll be. But then you don't have time to film my eyes, sorry. Can you just get out your iPhone and put it on yeah. video anyhow? And I won't yeah. film your eyes. But I'm sure you won't. You will. But you, it's your phone. Like, in a way, it can't go rogue on the internet because it's your. you own the... And I'm not smart enough to just quickly Wi-Fi yeah, it over to my phone um, or something. Yeah, no, I just think that it's not going to be my natural eye movements if no, I'm no, expecting because you to be filming my eyes, but sure. I just wonder if we can get you a bit lighter. Look, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not filming, I'm just seeing if I can get you lighter because you're very dark, but... Okay, you're definitely, definitely not filming. No, so I can't quite work it out. If I tap there and get your nose, mm, yeah. Okay, I'm not filming. Let's talk maths. Okay. So, um, you own this. It's anonymous. If we put it global, we'll just cut the eyes separately. Okay. And we'll do it post the bit where you just look like a slightly homicidal. Only slightly. I'm not saying you look very homicidal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's just talk about something. Look, I'll do me. Can you see my eyes? <laughs> I didn't realise you were zoomed in on my eyes. Oh my god. Okay, I'm zoomed in on your eyes now. 
So what am I passionate about? Uh, you are very passionate about Myers-Briggs. You almost have your finger over the screen, just saying. Not saying it's your type or anything, just saying. Not saying kidding? you're a bit physically kind of. I'm a millennial. Way. I know how to use technology. Don't oh tell me how to use technology. But you're glad I had the ca casual racism moment because I always hear millennials saying there's not enough of that around. Not enough casual race in Australia. Are you kidding? Everyone's racist in Australia. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you're not getting the um, food in my teeth. Oh my god, I didn't finish my pie. I can just your eyes and not your teeth if you want. We still have 1970s guilt for not finishing our pie completely. Yeah. Because well, of stuff. Well, food wastage is still a big well, cause look, of world problems. I do want to eat it, and I might get to it, so I'll leave that there. Just, I mean, it will make me sick. I'll possibly regurgitate that. That's okay. Okay, so the question is... What you were passionate about? I probably need a more specific question with my brain these oh, days. Like, okay. um, explain why you are an E N. I'm not an E. I'm a total J. introvert. Sorry, I N F J. Yeah. I know that. I'll tell you a little about it. I'm the most social introvert. Um, <sighs> introversion. One thing I'm trying to type people just by looking at them. I really am struggling with introversion and extroversion because you get like in this system like apart from Fleur who's this raging extrovert endless energy decides on Tuesday she'll fly to New York that night uh, whatever lots of people lots of new people in her life always meeting new people and interacting with them so I wasn't this brain dead, like I was actually born very brain alive, I just struggled with some brain paralysis the last couple of decades, so I probably need to be fed a question, I'm just saying yeah, introversion, extroversion is very hard because they're like quite introverted extroverts, it just means your first function. Anyhow, look I'm going to sound like a woo-woo crazy pseudoscientist if I talk about that because I don't have any energy to explain what it's all about, which is cognitive functions, the Jungian cognitive functions, but developed a bit more, and the personalities aren't it. But look, it's just a fact, if you group, have a group of people who are, you know, mathematicians, you're gonna find a higher concentration of INTPs in that group than you would in society. Oh, I'm not really feeling enthusiastic about MBTI at the moment. Okay. Uh, we've probably got uh, enough eye movements, so we could just... Oh, but I think I've been thinking like I don't usually... Like, usually uh -huh. I'm an introverted intuitive, so we could just sit in silence and I could do okay. that for a bit. Okay. <laughs> what shall I think about? And I just keep videoing your eyes. Uh, maybe I could... So, what shall I think about? I'll just think about... I'll just think about... Give me something. Uh, the uh, cheese factory in Lithgow. Cheese? Cheese. Cheese. Um, Janai Dairy. Uh, 
Yeah, just pop in and get some cheese, but I think it's only open weekends. Like, most of Lithgow's shut during the week, especially Monday and Tuesday. Like, maybe you can... I think I'm too tired to introvertedly intuit at the moment. Yeah, It is my base function, like, and usually, like, I could lie horizontal as opposed to lying vertically, like, for hours just happily cogitating with my... NITI, that's all. Okay. I think my phone's also going to run out of memory, so I'm going to stop recording. Okay. Yep. But I think you've, uh, we've got enough eye movements. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Shall we also stop recording the audio yes. now? Okay, I so I might add that on. Uh, can you play a tune on the... Oh, that no, was me. I'm not okay. really feeling it, sorry. No, okay, so I'll add that on. This was um, Witch Hazel talking maths, talking INTP, talking music, talking Lancasterish, and talking Sydney, education, and let's face it, it was way, way less boring than we thought it would be. Thanks, Witchy. That's okay, Maud. I'm fully introvert now, I'm not responding. Okay, bye. Say bye. Uh, bye, audience of three people okay so I am on hazelnuts YouTube feed YouTube channel YouTube channel and uh, yeah I've dug up a song um, it says the Suvat song a song for anyone wanting to learn the Suvat equations linking displacement acceleration time initial velocity and final velocity also, there are some mnemonics I made up for three of them if the song doesn't help. Okay, we'll skip those. Um, okay, so I'm just going to press play. B equals U plus AT. 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 A equals U T plus half AT squared. A equals U T plus half AT squared. S equals u t plus half a t squared. S equals u t plus half a t squared. V squared is u squared plus two a s. V squared is u squared plus two a s. V squared is u squared plus two a s. V squared is u squared plus two a s. S equals half u plus v times t. 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 V equals u plus a t. V equals u plus a t. Awesomeness.